Welcome to This Much Love, a recurring positivity podcast with Katie Hearth and Keenan Schneider. Episode 18, I Dance Better. Hi, and hello, and hiya, and there's... Uh, guten Tag. I'm just stuck in like German and English yeah, I was gonna right say, now. Like, I'm uh, just real stuck. You've been learning. Ni <laughs> You've been teaching yourself German lately. I have been. Yeah. How's how's that been going? Um, sehr gut. Yeah, it's been going pretty all right. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the translation of <laughs> gut? Pretty all right. Sehr gut is very good. Yeah. It's been going very good. Um. Yeah. No, it's been going well. Uh, I'm using Duolingo. Yeah. Which is fun, and it's helping that, like, I'm building off of uh, some decent exposure around my college years. Right. Um, like, you already had a basis for German. Mm-hmm. And I, like, started from basically the beginning again, which was pretty dull. Um, but I'm glad that I did it because, I mean, you know, why not, I mm-hmm. guess? Uh, you can test out of different things, and I didn't really realize that until I had gotten to a point where I was like, Oh. Yeah. I feel very comfortable testing out of it. Um, And honestly, like, I just hadn't spoken anything in so long uh, that I figured it would be best to start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Sound of music. Okay. All right. Anyway. (laughs) I'm not, like, I've seen Sound of Music, but I'm not familiar enough with it to... That's like the beginning of Doe a deer, a female deer. Like when she's teaching them the solfege syllables, like how to s- like see. scale. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there are going to be a couple people in our audience that really love this. Yeah. And a couple other people. Just are a like, lot of Austrian stuff. Yeah. Basically. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, what prompted the venture into Duolingo? Gosh, um, I feel like it's like <laughs> anything that I do to like improve my self. It's a fear of being. Uh, old <laughs> and like um and when i say old i mean i don't mean like in in terms of like a number i mean old in like being um uh losing autonomy or um and that's like uh when it comes to like my fitness being able to do things physically by myself and when it comes to my like interpersonal skills meaning that i have like a solid foundation and good mm-hmm. relationships around me to kind of keep me social and and socially active and then mentally like losing my my would it be losing my acumen i guess yeah. like you know um and so you want to stay sharp yeah and so like you know i recently like was playing sudoku and like those puzzles are pretty quick um but good ways to kind of warm up my brain in the morning um and language is just one of those things that i think because we are social creatures, it's just like it stretches all sorts of, you know, um, cranial skills. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it's that. And like my father speaks German. And so I feel like an affinity toward it already, that it was a language that I heard. Um, I was not taught, but I heard growing up. Yeah. 
I, and so those are like probably the primary reasons. And then like a side benefit would be like if we go to Switzerland or we go to Austria or we go to Germany, which are all like really beautiful places, being able to kind of speak the language, even though the Germans and I don't know if this is true for the Austrians or this. And I don't think it's true for the Swiss, but the the Germans tend to at least when I was like first learning it, the the cultural feeling about English was that English was really cool. And so a lot of Germans actually are quite fluent in English. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But anyway, like, I just think that that would be a, a side benefit. That would be pretty neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I was curious, uh, like, and realized that I never thought to ask, like, why you mm-hmm. jumped back in there. But I've seen you just kind of, like, practice, like, while we commute to and from work on the train. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got me interested because I've tried Duolingo a couple times uh, for French mm-hmm. um, and typically stick with it for, like, you know, maybe a couple of weeks, but then right. eventually like sort of like fall off the, the wagon there. Definitely. Um, but you practicing on that inspired me to jump back in and this time trying a, a language that I have basically no familiarity with. So I started doing German as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but thinking of that like in sort of the pipe dream scenario sure. where I stick with it, it's something that if we're learning together might make it easier Definitely. to stick with something. Absolutely. Um, and I've always I've always wanted to learn another language. It made me really sad growing up where I did, like in the US specifically, because it's just not heavily emphasized. Yeah. Like you typically have it like where you have to take a year or two in high school or a year or two in college or something mm-hmm. or both. But that's just not nearly enough. Mm-hmm. And it like it it feels like it should almost be a requirement. Like it, it, it amazes me that like Spanish isn't something that is more widely mm-hmm. adopted and taught in U.S. In the schools. States, yeah, because I like I took two years of Spanish in high school, um, right. and I remember a small part of it, but I just feel like it could be hugely beneficial. And it's so like learning a language is so cool. Like it's so mm-hmm. neat to. Uh, to see how different cultures like sort of contained in their own little bubbles evolved to create these like sound patterns that are unique to them mm-hmm. um, or have or evolved from other cultures. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just there's something very fascinating about it. Definitely. Me. And I would say that like German is um, English and German are so closely related. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of those kind of like. Euro languages, you can like they all derive from Latin and you can kind of hear that happening in all of the languages. And that makes it all the more accessible to me, at least. Um, But I do think that it is I think it's incredible. Like, I think one of the things that I that I always loved, no matter what language I was learning, because when you go to school for opera, they say that you should study at least two languages Mm -hmm. in school. And I also like so I when I was living in California, our middle school program had French and Spanish available as like language studies. And so I studied French for a year in the seventh grade and I picked up and held on to quite a bit. Um, And then when I was in high school, it was a requirement to take a language for at least two years. Um, and my uncle was like, French is use- useless, take Spanish. Um, and I wish that I had not listened to him because my like affinity for French was already there and to have built upon that would have been a joyful experience for me. And Spanish ended up being a painful process for me. Yeah. 
Um, but it was also because I approached it reluctantly. And then in college, I studied Italian and German. So I've studied a lot of different languages. And it's always fascinating to me to, to be able to find those connections, those mm-hmm. patterns, and be like, oh, yeah, like, necesito is necessary. Right, yeah. And, like, you know, uh, and how, like, Spanish and Italian have a lot of connection and, um, and like... Or Portuguese. And Portuguese cool. and Spanish and French are, feel very connected. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and I have a, a good friend of mine who's also a colleague, Tatiana, who's from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Mm-hmm. And she speaks Brazilian Portuguese. And it's just always, like, it's just always a joy because we have a, a few folks now at Sprout who are from Sao Paulo. And hearing them converse um, in, like, their native language is like, just really neat. And her affinity for English is so excellent. Um, that she also inspires me to try something new. And, and I think it's just uh, it, learning a new language can only reinforce what you already know about your own. Mm-hmm. It just helps to build like those neural pathways and that understanding of language. And I feel like as long as I have an understanding of language and I know what I'm saying and how to say what I'm thinking or feeling, like I will retain some semblance of myself and some semblance of autonomy, even if my body kind of gives up. Yeah. Um, because then at least I can communicate like what I want and what I need. I don't know. So I just, I find uh, I, I'm at a point in my life where it's like I have a little bit of time and like I have the technology that fits into that time. Yeah. And that I think with practice and with time like you know even if it's only like 15 minutes a day um i can build some stuff yep. you know like i'm starting to get into um uh you all are drinking water i'm drinking <laughs> milk he drinks beer and she drinks wine like you know there's like i'm starting to get into like those conjugations of verbs and that's just it's just sort of fun i guess yeah yeah yeah, it has been. I mean, it's such a cool little app. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're anybody who's listening to this, if you're not familiar with Duolingo, um, mm-hmm. it's such a a cool way to just kind of, at the very least, just start with the very very basics and practice those and see if you like it. And ich bin eine Frau. Yeah, like it just makes it very straightforward. Brot und Wasser. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm having fun with it, and I was really touched that like you just like picked it up one day on the train. Um, because you've never expressed an explicit interest in German. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you've been interested in French. Yeah. Um, and it was just kind of like really sweet that you were like, yeah, I want to do this thing with you. That sounds fun. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. That sounds nice. <laughs> and I just like, there's also like, you know, there's this like, cra- there's this little kid in me that like is like, oh, and we're going to have like our own code language. Yeah. Like be you able know? to just kind of, yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> talk in semi private mm-hmm. because I'm going to assume that most of the people around us cannot speak German. I've always, <laughs> like, I have always wanted to have that though. Like, I've yeah. always wanted to have like a sort of a, 
a sort of like secret language to speak with other people. Right. That's also spoken by millions of other people sure, on the sure, planet. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but in, in the context of like where we live, sure. like you said, like most people around us likely aren't speaking German. Yeah. You know? What if we like, find like this huge underground community? Oh my God. It's like it's like John Wick, but instead of assassins, it's just Germans. Yeah. Or like um, Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Where it's like, no, the whole town's in on this. Yeah. It's yeah. this big secret in the town. Turns out that everybody in Chicago is fluent in German. <gasps> what? And then all of a sudden there's a knock at the door and, and we're taken out. Yeah. No one can know. Ein Minuten bitte. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yeah, so. Good uh, times. Hopefully we will not be taken down for our discovering the secret of Chicago. Yeah. The German secret. Yeah, what a... What a uh, controversial and yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> what a thing to uncover. <sighs> yeah, um, I think that it's yeah, like. Sorry, it's okay. I'm it's just feeling really sleepy. Yawn. Yeah, we can go home and we can take a snooze. I'm not a big napper. No, I know. I am. I you're, love napping. You're the nappiest. No, I don't think that works. I think that means something different. It probably, it, I think it might, mm. but. Dang it. Dang it. Yeah, but I do enjoy, I enjoy, the funny thing is that I enjoy napping on the couch while you're playing games. <laughs> yeah. Like I actively like it. even really? though Yeah. Oh, actively like, like it. Yeah, definitely. Like, I like kind yesterday of like, playing, I was playing PUBG and you were just playing sleep time. <laughs> sleep time. And like yeah. every once in a while when something would be frustrating or really successful, you would like shout out. Yeah. And I would like wake up and I felt like part of the moment. And then I would like, <laughs> and I'd be you like, that's so cute. Yay. Or yeah. mm-hmm, uh-huh. frustrating. I'm and then also I would, annoyed. I'm also annoyed. And then I would <laughs> find a new comfortable position and fall back asleep. Yeah, I would notice burrow, that. Burrow under the covers a little bit more. There would definitely be some moments like playing with Charles and we'd be laughing about something and I would just quietly like turn around to see if you had shifted and you typically had yeah. like some sort of like like disturbance had made you go like oh, okay i'm turning this way now yeah yeah <laughs> anyway adorable yeah i don't know it's one of those things where it's like i feel comfortable enough and snoozy enough that i can sleep through it and i like sharing the space with you kind of yeah mm-hmm. and okay. it doesn't seem to inhibit you from like being fully in the moment and being expressive about whatever you're feeling. Well, if it feels like we have an agreement where one, our, our place is a little small. Uh, right. But I, I feel like if you decide to fall asleep in the common area. Yeah. <laughs> that that's my I, choice. That I should be able to just kind of like live my life. <laughs> Good. That's a really healthy thing, I think. Yeah. If you went to the bedroom and shut the door and we're just kind of like, I really need to just sleep and like, hopefully one, I could just play and not disturb you as mm-hmm. much because the door is shut um but i'd probably but it'd be we're shared a wall yeah yeah so but yeah if you're on the couch you're on the couch and right i'm glad that you feel that way that's good because i also game. just don't want to just gonna start banging pots and pans though oh that's not nice yeah. that's not nice <laughs> that would not be nice but if you were like hell yeah good game man like you were yesterday yeah that was fun it's ridiculous you suck at playing i remember that or whatever, because I think Charles took somebody out, and yeah. he was just like, thanks for sucking at this game, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> Sometimes this trash talk is so funny. It's just like, <laughs> like I love just having really like basic, silly 
trash talk. Yeah. Just nice hacks. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one I think that like makes me roll my eyes the most. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh. Well, okay. Like for me, <laughs> when somebody <laughs> kills me, <laughs> and you just like say into all chat like, nice hacks. People get really mad about it. Like, they get really upset about it. And so it kind of, like, diminishes the moment where it's just kind of like, do we really, like, one, come on. It was a joke. But also, like, why are you getting so freaking defensive about this? I don't know. Just, like. It's just funny because, like, I think a little bit of trolling going on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Is that it's just kind of like, you know, but where does the trolling line get drawn? Mm Mm-hmm. Where you're kind of like, oh, they're just saying anything to get a rise out of you. And like they you say it because like they say it because they know that it's going to make you mad and that you're going to talk back. And like and they're really just trying to undermine the entire situation. Yeah. Even though maybe it is something more serious than PUBG, I guess. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I just I just think that it's it's an interesting side of you to me that I like. (laughs) (laughs) What? That what? That like you like well, I mean like it's not just for games. Like I think you do this to all of your friends. You like to yank people's chain. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just poke and prod a little. Yeah. Yeah. I just find Stir it, the pot. Yeah. I just like it's interesting because like I don't know where you're like where the moral line in the sand is drawn for you, mm-hmm. I guess. Like like if you really bothered somebody, even if you didn't know them. Would that change your behavior? Uh, or would somebody owe you some kind of rational explanation that you could understand and agree with? I don't know. I think I, I tend to have a pretty well-developed barometer for, like, what is over the line. Yeah. Because I don't think I... Like, if I wanted to troll people, like, trolls nowadays troll people, like, could easily do that. Mm-hmm. But there's just... There's a difference in just kind of like razzing people mm-hmm. in sort of like a uh, competitive vi- competitive video game of you know getting a little rise out of somebody for uh, you know for winning in a a, a freaking video game mm-hmm. um, compared to like going out of my way to really make people mad about like deeply held core beliefs or saying things that are like truly heinous and awful just to make people upset yeah like i don't really see the purpose in that yeah which is good yeah i'm glad that you don't because but i i don't see much harm in saying nice hacks (laughs) (laughs) when it's somebody who's like you know maybe they're hacking maybe they weren't but Either way, like, some people just get really annoyed by that. And I'm just kind of like, don't take yourself so goddamn seriously. Hmm. I feel like that's a really good segue because <laughs> because there are a series of games that I've watched you play over the years that I think you do tend to take really seriously. And uh-huh. they do get a rise out of you, but you keep, like, pouring yourself into them. Yeah. Um, which leads me to my question, because I imagine that you do it because you derive some sort of pleasure or satisfaction out of it. Um, how much do you love the Soulsborne series of games? I had to really think about what they were called. 
Do you want to redo that or do you want to leave it as is? No, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with my flaws. Soul's born. (laughs) That's what I think it's called. That sounds right in my mouth. So... This is a really good question. Uh, yeah, it is actually like, it's almost like I'm trolling myself when I play these games because they yes, do yes. so frequently <laughs> piss me off in like the most satisfying way. Um, if you're not familiar with this term or Soul's if you're born? just new to video games in general. Yeah, Souls If you're new here, if you're a fucking pleb. That's not, no. Get good, Scrub. Noob. But... Um, that looks great. <laughs> but if you're not f- familiar with the term or you're new to video games or whatever, Soulsborne is uh, portmanteau, uh, essentially of like demon souls or dark souls and bloodborne. Mm-hmm. So it's Soulsborne. And it describes a particular sort of like subgenre of action game, action RPG-esque sort of game. Um, and they were made popular by this company called From Software, who, going back like to like the play the early PlayStation days, did games like Kingsfield and Armored Core and Tenchu, I think is what it's called. But like, I actually looked back in their catalog, uh, not too long ago, and actually completely forgot that they were responsible for a couple of these series. Mm-hmm. A lot of which felt really sort of like very niche, like where it's just like. Oh, okay, like like Armored Core is probably like the biggest in that, like the early in, days in their catalog. Yeah, yeah, where that had quite a following, and people really loved those games. I was okay on them; I didn't really get into them, um, but completely forgot that it was from software that did them, which I thought was pretty cool. But from software, I think made a pretty big splash, starting with like the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360 generation when they came out with a title for the PlayStation 3 called Demon's Souls. Mm-hmm. And it was this medieval action RPG where you would, like, fight zombies and uh, and knights and stuff like that. Um, but it was known for being, like, brutally difficult. Like, they, they tend to make very challenging games. Um, and it had a little bit of a cult following that then grew even bigger when they came out with their next game, which was Dark Souls, which is essentially a spiritual successor mm-hmm. to Demon Souls. Um, and that came out for PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. And that's where I really like, I was interested in Demon Souls, but I think I found out about it too late. Like I found out about Demon Souls as they were shutting down the online servers. Mm. And that's where the name first came to me. But then... I saw their name uh, like from software come up again when people were really buzzing about Dark Souls. And so I decided to give that a try. Dark Souls is great. And that was where it, like I first got introduced to this sort of gameplay style of like the Dark Souls loop was essentially like you have your character, you aren't super skilled, uh, you don't know the layout of these levels, um, you don't know how the enemies attack, and enemies when they do hit you do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. And you conversely can do some good damage back to them. It feels very fair. It's like a lot of games make you feel they're kind of like that power fantasy sort of thing where you're just kind of like this badass superhero guy Mm -hmm. uh, where you can just kind of beat the shit up. You're indomitable, basically. Yeah, yeah, where it's really difficult for you to be bested. It's Mm -hmm. like the game is always kind of designed to like make sure that you're making forward progress and that you're having fun. Yeah, the deck is stacked in your favor. Totally. And usually like when you like – 
change the difficulty levels and make things more difficult. It just makes like enemies more accurate with their guns and their bullets, you know, do more damage. Um, but the problem there is then it feels like it's kind of like unfair where like enemies almost start to feel like they have like foresight into like mm. where you're going to be. So like a sniper can let like uh, lock onto you really quickly and take you out, um, which starts to feel very artificial. Like it, sure. it doesn't feel like you're playing on the same field. You're playing against something that is way better than you. Yeah. Um, and so it's like kind of shitty. Like it's kind of shitty feeling. In Dark Souls, you didn't have a difficulty option. You just played at the difficulty level that the designers made, mm-hmm. where each enemy is always going to like have the same moves, do the same damage, blah, blah, blah. And it was, and I would say like it's really difficult because you don't really know what to expect. You don't know where each enemy is hiding. You don't know what their move sets are. So you have to kind of like learn. They, they become like rhythm games. Mm-hmm where you have to learn how an enemy attacks. It becomes this dance where you figure out like, oh, they're going to like thrust forward. So I need to like dodge out of the way or block it, like parry it with my, my shield or whatever. And so it, it, it starts to become this thing where you just start dancing with the game. You know exactly what buttons to press and when, and you kind of like get better at determining what that dance looks like. Sure. And it does this, like you learn this through repeated failure. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls was the first time that I experienced a game that was so punishingly difficult. And I never actually beat Dark Souls. Um, I think it was one of those that at a certain point I felt so beat down by it that I just never went back to it. Interesting. And then like went back to it years later after I'd played some other other games and got way further. But at the same time, I think like Dark Souls started to show its age a little bit. Uh, and so it just didn't mechanically speaking it didn't feel as fresh and fluid and fun Mm -hmm. as some of their later titles where they really refined stuff but like because it was so punishingly difficult and enemies did do so much damage to you uh and you would die so quickly the big conceit around dark souls is that when you die you go back to your last little checkpoint which is just a, a bonfire and there's little bonfires strewn about the world and it's always kind of this momentous feeling of like reaching a bonfire because you light the bonfire. And now you know, like, okay, cool. Like, I, made I it don't have section. to go back and do that again. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But then that just means there's a whole new section of world that you need to learn now with either like the same enemies in different positions or new enemies that you don't know how to fight yet. Yeah. And so it just is one of those games where you're just kind of like, you can't just kind of like rush in, swing your sword around and just kill everything. You have to be really methodical and no thoughtful. button smashing. Yeah, because the second you start losing your cool, you lose because enemies will just overwhelm you. Like they take the opportunity to just destroy you. Hmm. And so I was always really intrigued by Dark Souls, where I I started to fall in love with From Software. And their their games and the the Soulsborn series is the latter half of that name is Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Bloodborne came out for the PlayStation Four, and it was after Dark Souls and Dark Souls Two came out, and they then created a little exclusive title for PS Four that took essentially the same Dark Souls formula of like 
finding these checkpoints and creating a, a character that has like, you know, whatever play style you want to kind of approach. But they put it in this sort of like gothic horror environment. So mm-hmm. instead of being this very medieval architecture kind of drab um, uh, castle area sort of thing, it was now in this very like Victorian London sort of uh, space where it like has like these very um, interesting pieces of architecture, like European architecture uh, and um, gaslit lamps and things like that. But with the Gothic horror or like um, Eldritch horror, there was a lot of like HP Lovecraft uh, influence. So there's a lot of like weird abominations and monsters and stuff and like things like, you know, um, uh, themes around insight and intelligence leading to you going insane because you see the true horrors in the world. So it's just a very interesting atmosphere. But what they did that I think was really brilliant and what made me stick with that game, Mm -hmm. because Bloodborne was the first of theirs that I, I beat, was they made the combat more aggressive. Dark Souls was cool because, like, it did have this very tight combat style where, like, you, like, just like the enemies have their own sort of, like, wind-ups and, like, tells for how they're going to attack, your character does too, and they're very responsive. But Dark Souls is also really heavily reliant on you, like, using your shield and kind of, like, blocking damage and being a little less aggressive and kind of staying back and biding your time. Whereas Bloodborne brought in this whole mechanic of, like, you could regenerate health that you lost for a short amount of time after you got hit. So if an enemy hits me, my health bar kind of starts to, like, fade out. And if I start hitting that enemy back Mm -hmm. while it's still kind of faded, I can slowly but surely build my health back up. So it Mm. encouraged you to jump right back into the fight. Whereas with Dark Souls, you'd kind of stay back and be like, oh, I don't want to get hit. or I got hit, now I have to heal. Mm-hmm. Bloodborne was just kind of like, no, you get hit and you start hitting right back because that's one of the main ways to stay alive. Mm. And so it made it fast. Like the, the, the attacks felt faster. Uh, the, um, the aggressiveness of that combat felt more fluid and fun mm-hmm. to me. Like you were involved more in it. Exactly. Like I, I it felt like a real action game then whereas like dark souls definitely felt like sort of like action rpg and heavy on the rpg stuff sure bloodborne felt like it was heavier on the action stuff and so that's where i felt like i could appreciate it a bit more i liked the sort of like setting and the art style and the sort of themes a little bit more Mm -hmm. but it was the gameplay that felt tighter faster more aggressive um and they had this really cool like parry system um where when somebody starts to attack you you have this gun that you can shoot and if you time the shot correctly it like staggers them yeah. so like as somebody's winding up to hit you you shoot them they get staggered and then you can like do like a really devastating blow on them that was super fun yeah so bloodborne i think bloodborne easily is one of my favorite games of all time it's just it's it's so good from so many different angles um the atmosphere is really incredible the level design like the level design in in the dark souls series is really renowned bloodborne to me really knocks it out of the park where like the world weaves in on itself so beautifully Mm -hmm. because when you start in an area 
you have like one path through it, but then you can like investigate down like a little alleyway and then open a door and suddenly you're back to where you started. So if you die and go back to your checkpoint, instead of having to make your way all the way through that path again, mm-hmm. you now have this little secret doorway that you opened. And so the the levels do that all the time. And like there's a really cool example in Bloodborne where like the starting place that you wind up, like the starting uh, area actually has this ladder system in this in uh, like sort of the back area that you can't access until you're like nearly the entire way through the game. Mm-hmm. But it's hiding like some rewards and this, this really tough enemy who rewards you with something really great when you beat them. Uh, and so if you like manage to find your way up there, uh, you then come back to the beginning. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe this is how the world connects mm-hmm. to each other. It just feels very seamless. Cool. Just very awesome. Is it Bloodborne or is it Dark Souls 3? I don't have a dinosaur. Or I don't get a dinosaur. <laughs> that was Dark Souls 3. I don't get a dinosaur. Yeah. I don't get a dinosaur. Yes. That's a that's a Monster Factory episode for uh for Dark Souls 3 which is very good. They've done uh they've done one for each Dark Souls and yeah. Bloodborne. Oh yeah. Um so we talked about Monster Factory episodes back. Uh, their Dark Souls and Bloodborne entries are very good. Okay. But I'll I think my favorite one is Dark, Dark Souls, Souls 3. Dark Souls 3. It's I so don't funny. get a dinosaur. Griffin getting so upset. Yeah, with that first boss. Yeah, because these games are so tough. Yeah. Especially when you're just starting out. Like, even if you've played every other entry in the series, mm-hmm. the regular enemies are tough. But they like you can typically like they're surmountable, like you can figure it out. But then you have like these epic boss battles mm-hmm. with bosses that hit hard or move really fast or have like unusual tells for how they're going to attack. So it's all about learning their timing and when you can dodge and when you can parry uh, and when you can kind of like sneak behind somebody. Yeah. That it's just this sort of like like. All of the things that you learn about Dark Souls and and Bloodborne where you're like learning the dance, you have to relearn that every single time with a boss as well. And Mm -hmm. when you get really good at fighting one, it just becomes a really like satisfying experience. But that can take dozens and dozens of times, as you can attest. Like you see me do that where I'm like fighting the same enemy 30 something times before I even beat them for the first time. Right. It's it's obscene. <laughs> like, yeah. it's really tough. So what is it about that these games or this experience that, like, because, because and, like, we've talked about this before, like, you're resilient and, like, when it comes to video games at least and that, like, I am not. Because, like, you <laughs> describe this experience and I go, fuck that. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do it. What is it about the the experience that despite the fact that it's like it's punishing and obscene and takes so many repeat attempts and like so much concentrated learning especially when it's like a boss and like that bonfire is way back there yeah yeah so not only do you have to 
it's not just the boss. It's yeah. like everything leading up to the boss you totally. have to get through again. So like yeah. what is it about these <laughs> games? Like what gets you to keep coming back even in like the heat of the moment? It's the fact that despite the fact that they're really tough, they are fair. And that the enemies run on a basic rule set. You don't for the most part run into situations where things feel like they're stacked against you unfairly like the ai has an upper hand like an invisible sort of like a sense of uh existence or knowledge that you don't right. possess it's not like the 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 lesson to learn is that you're not supposed to beat this thing. right it's like you can you just need to learn and so for me like something that's very satisfying about these games is recognizing that like okay my first run through this area is going to be painful. Like, this is going to suck. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to die. I'll probably die in a, you know, a half a dozen times in ways that feel very frustrating and cheap. But then you realize on later iterations of running through there that you're like, oh, you just kind of needed to figure out where they were and time your attacks better or time your mm -hmm. blocks or parries better. And so that's the thing for me where no game series, like no developer, is more adept in my mind at teaching you what it's like to actually improve like from software does because a lot of games like rpgs especially but even like a lot of uh a lot of the more modern like first person shooters and other action games rely really heavily on like you getting this sort of like experience currency to level up your character and unlock new perks or skills or whatever that start to make the game more and more easy mm -hmm. dark souls and bloodborne have that to an extent where you can level up your character, like their health or their attack power or stuff, but it does it in such tiny in increments mm -hmm. that it doesn't ever feel like, oh, okay, well, I leveled up my... And now I can do it all. Right, exactly. Like, even if I if I I'm just... I'm invincible. Even if I just got, like, a maxed out character, you know, I may be able to take out some of the easy early enemies with a little less strife you know a little less frustration um but even then they could still wreck you if you fuck up like they can mm -hmm. still do damage and and take you out and all it takes is for you to get cocky so even though there is the sort of level up mechanic you only get good at these games by dying and learning mm -hmm. and each time you lose that failure that that is really just an opportunity to learn from your mistakes. Hmm. And so like when you, like when I like fight a boss 30 something times and die over and over and over, when I win, it's because I have mastered or well, at the very least learned what that enemy is capable of enough to bypass it. To, mm -hmm. to beat it, to learn its moveset enough to where I can dodge properly, that I can I know when the right time to attack you is. You can anticipate a little bit better. Yeah, I dance better. And so there's this really cathartic thing where you put so much time and energy into trying to beat this thing, and it's defeated you so much. And when you finally get it, there's this just this wave of euphoria. Yeah. That is unlike any other gaming experience I've ever had. And there are a lot of epic moments that happen in other games, but there's something that I like, I know I'm going to get from Dark Souls or Bloodborne, where you have these worlds that culminate, uh, or these areas uh, with a bunch of enemies that culminate in these big boss fights. 
and I know at the once I beat it, and I can like I I know I'm capable of learning that and winning. Yeah, I know I'm gonna get that that dopamine hit mm. that just feels so good, and then it feels great to play through them again when you when I understand all the mechanics so much better, and I'm not kind of just like f- figuring out like wandering around in the dark mm-hmm. where I just kind of like speed through and that like being able to beat a boss on the first try the next time around just feels really good like there's something kind of like primal and just like haha like you motherfucker i got you sure yeah so it's like it's this um, exhilaration of mastery yes yeah for sure and it's 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 because it happens in such a short amount of time like you, you know, like 45 hours doesn't sound like a short amount of time. Like it's a long time to be playing just a video game. But it's also short enough to where you can remember what it was like at the beginning in that first hour. Sure. And so when you do win and you recognize, oh, shit, like I improved a significant amount. It's very easy to see that success yeah. with a lot of other skills or a lot of other things that we do in our lives. It can be, sometimes be really difficult if you're refining and honing over the years mm-hmm. to go back and say like what was it like in the beginning and what is it like now to Definitely. see that growth for sure yeah i can imagine that being really gratifying yeah so i know that we've been talking about this for nearly 45 minutes do we dare breach into secular territory secular territory today i think so yeah yeah let's do it okay so so you started off with Dark Souls, mm-hmm. and then you went to Bloodborne, yep, which you love, 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 and then you played Dark Souls three, yeah, which I would say I like is not far behind Bloodborne for me. Thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, it's really good. I think I like Bloodborne just a little bit more. Yeah, I don't Dark- know if you've ever told me that you were in love with a game before today. Oh, really? Yeah, that you've fallen in love with a game. Oh. <laughs> And so, like, I feel like that's pretty significant. That's a pretty significant statement. Yeah, like, Dark Souls 3 is cool because, like, they modernized a lot of the Dark Souls stuff. Mm-hmm. They, I think they learned a lot making Bloodborne about what makes combat fun. And so they kind of made everything just feel a little bit speedier, a little bit tighter. Um, there were some huge refinements, even just, like, going back to, from Dark Souls uh, to Dark Souls 3, that I think just makes it feel more fun. And Dark Souls and Bloodborne, correct me if I'm wrong, there's like a lot of, well, not, not a significant amount, but there's, there is a significant amount of like character creation that yes. goes into the beginning. Like, what, do I, what does my character look like? What class are they? Yeah, yeah, which like informs their combat style yep. and like what they're capable of. But like once you've decided, you've decided yep. and like you keep going and you don't get like big improved weapons or anything like no you can so in dark souls and bloodborne you can find new weapons Mm -hmm. um and some weapons require a different like some weapons are more strength focused and some are more like i think agility maybe i I think they're agility yeah i think it's agility it's not finesse because that's D &D. is it charisma yeah (laughs) uh no there's no charisma if i recall correctly but there's like wisdom there's intelligence so, like, if you wanted to be more spell-focused in Dark Souls, you could do more damage. Okay, by, like, so it increasing. is, like, you know, a little bit more classic RPG. RPG. Totally. And then there's Sekiro. 
Yes. Which is different, like, right off the bat because there is no character creation. Right. There is no choosing, right? There's no, like, real choice around your weapons. Like, you can upgrade things, but... Yeah, you you essentially get a weapon. Uh, mm-hmm. You get your katana. Yeah. And that's about it. But then there are some power-ups that you can get that kind of, like, help aid you, like, little different items and... um. Uh, tools skills. you can use and then skills so rather than like leveling up your your strength modifier or whatever um you can spend your experience on skills which allow you to do different things in combat so so sekiro is interesting because it's like it's this sort of like feudal japan setting mm-hmm. so it's a little bit of a a um it it's a deviation it's a deviation from like the kind of typical like western setting yeah yeah so it's really cool to see them try something new while still adhering to the same formula of like you go through this area of the world you beat all these enemies you find the next checkpoint if you die you go back to that checkpoint all the all the enemies respawn and you have to redo it again that's that sort of like hook that i really love about dark souls and bloodborne sekiro is more about like instead of like letting you choose different classes or different weapons or whatever, you just need to master the combat. So you get that one weapon. There's still that sort of like each enemy has its own sort of move set and that there's still that dance element to it. Mm-hmm. So you're still playing that rhythm action game. Uh, but a huge part of it was like that aggression, that kind of defined Bloodborne yeah. gets amped up to like times 10 basically. Yeah. Because it's it's something where instead of just like in in Bloodborne or Dark Souls, if I'm attacking an enemy, they have a health bar. I just need to get that health bar to zero. With Sekiro, enemies have both a health bar and a posture bar. And the posture bar is something that goes like you want to build up their posture bar until it's maxed out because then you have an opportunity to get a death blow, which means that you can like instantly kill them. And posture is like this idea of their ability to kind of withstand blows. Yes. Right? And to block. Yes. So you're essentially like when you max out their posture, they're at a point where they are no longer able to block. It's almost like endurance. Yes. Rather than health. Or they're so staggered that they're just kind of like left open to stabbing. Sure. And so you build it up in two ways. You can build it up a little bit by just kind of like relentlessly hitting people. Mm -hmm. But you can also build up considerably by blocking at the right time. Perfectly blocking. Yeah. So parrying. Yeah. So there's like there's blocking and then there's parrying. And parrying is like when you press the button, like as they're about to hit you with their sword, you parry with the, the parry button. And if you time it correctly, it typically, like, fucks up their attack and builds their posture bar up. And so not only is the game about you attacking, but it's also knowing about when to stop attacking to anticipate theirs and block their attack at the same mm-hmm. at the right time. Right. What's cool about this is that you can attack and parry basically every enemy in the game. Unlike Bloodborne or Dark Souls, where there were enemies where the, your only option was to, like, dodge and Mm -hmm. attack 
dance around them yeah. and attack from behind. And so like in Bloodborne, where it was really cool, where you had like this parry mechanic of like shooting somebody as they're about to attack you, there were definitely bosses where you just couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Where there was, the, there was no opportunity to parry, so you just had to dodge. Yeah. Sekiro kind of like breaks you of that by like throwing so many enemies at you that very clearly need to be parried. And then by the time you're fighting mini bosses or bosses, you realize like, oh, even though this person is huge and they don't, that doesn't look like I should be able to parry, you can. And so the whole conceit of the game then is basically attack, 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 parry, 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 like, Mm -hmm. and build up that posture bar so you can take them out really quickly. They also streamlined things like they took out stamina as a thing. Like stamina was a a, a resource that you had in the other games where like yeah. you could lower your stamina by attacking or sprinting or dodging. And so you had a, a finite number of times you can do that. And so that became a part of like the dance. Whereas the Sekiro, the game is all focused on this incredibly like tight, responsive, amazing combat. Yeah. That they take the stamina stuff way out. They don't even, there's no stamina whatsoever, um, which just makes it feel really immediate and fun. Uh, and it doesn't feel like it's throwing like unnecessary obstacles or hindrances mm-hmm. in your way. I had a feeling right off the bat that Sekiro was one of the best games that I had ever played, even better than Bloodborne. Hmm. And I realized like at the end of that game, because I feel like at times Sekiro is also like the hardest game that they've made Mm -hmm. because I had spent so long playing Dark Souls and Bloodborne and learning that sometimes you just need to dodge and Sekiro punishes you for thinking like that. Yeah. And the, you know, the longer it takes you to learn that you just need to block and parry and not try to run away or dodge that that's not going to get you anywhere. That you need to stay up close and personal. Yeah, you need, to, you need to be as aggressive as humanly possible. That's the way to win. Um, and so once I broke myself of that habit of like trying to dodge out of the attacks and just be relentless, the game clicked. And then I realized like for as well-designed and fair uh, and uh, responsive as the the combat and everything was in Dark Souls or Bloodborne, Sekiro brought something new to the table where that thing that that makes me feel good in those other games that where I can like tell that I'm getting better, that is even more prevalent and obvious in Sekiro. Hmm. And it feels so good to win it. Yeah. Uh, and it's like I've played through Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3 a couple times now. Bloodborne especially like was one of those where I just kind of like did New Game Plus quite a bit and kind of just redid the story from the beginning over and over and over. Yeah. Sekiro, I think I'm on like my ninth playthrough at this point. Yeah. Which is unheard of for any of their games for me. Yeah. It's unreal. And I still have so much fun and find so much satisfaction even in those enemies now where it's like you're not tough anymore. I know exactly what you're going to do and how to beat you. Yeah. But it's that satisfaction of having that knowledge and being able to just kind of like quickly run through it that feels good. Definitely. So I went through a lot of pain. A lot, a of, pain, lot of frustration. A lot of frustration. And now have the satisfaction of knowing knowing it like the back of my hand right like you've 
there's no question that you've gotten better at this. Yeah. Yeah. I can't speak highly enough of from software. Like it's they're at a point now where any game that they announce is something that I'm going to be excited about. Like their new game Elder Ring or Elden Ring or whatever it's called. Uh the one with George R R Martin. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to play that. Yeah. I was I felt the same way about Sekiro um cuz I was such a huge fan of Bloodborne and, and Dark Souls 3. I was so pumped for Sekiro to see like what they were going to do in this new environment. Right. But there was that trepidation there where I was just kind of like, but they're also trying something new. Can like, they do it again? Do I, like in my heart, I really just wanted Bloodborne 2, but I'm also kind of worried that, uh, so I'm kind of worried that they're are going to, they're going to like misstep and this isn't mm-hmm. going to be good. Right. Uh, and then it's, it's better. It's better than what I expect. I mean, I think health, there's, it's good to be like, to have a healthy amount of skepticism, right? To be totally. like, is this going to be good? What is the point? Like, yeah. is it, you know, what do, what are you asking me to do? Is this really valuable? But like, as the person who has like been present as you've played this game and like watched how much it like just cruelly crushed you over and over again, but you kind of just kept dusting you're like, you know, Sekiro character off and trying again. <laughs> um, it is kind of amazing that it feels so gratifying to you that like you have loved this more than you've loved, I think, maybe any game ever. It's way up there. Yeah. I would say that Sekiro is probably at the top. Mm-hmm. I hate listing things like that. Sure. Because I like but so I many mean, things. Like, how, but... Yeah, but like how, what games have like captured your attention to this degree or pushed you I mean, from as a much? single player perspective and like mm-hmm. the way that it, it has engrossed me, I can't really think of anything. Right. Like I think you were just playing it yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And it came out, you know, almost three months ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really have, just been have not the... taken a break from it. Really? Yeah, not much, no. Yeah. There are definitely games like Rainbow Six or, or you know, Battlegrounds or mm-hmm. something. But that those I'll... are more collaborative games that you play with your friends. Yeah, they feel more like reasons to hang out with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I do find it hard typically, like even with games I really like, like Spider-Man or God of War mm-hmm. are really good examples of like, I played through those a couple times, um, but nothing has quite held my attention quite like Sekiro. Yeah. It's unreal. It's so goddamn good. So if you were, this is going to be a really interesting question to answer. If you were new to video games. Yeah. What, if any of these games, would you recommend? Sekiro. Yeah? Yes. Do you think that there is anything that will be lost, um, considering that they don't have habits to break? No, I think that's going to be the the boon. Mm. Uh, I think there, like, there are people... On like the subreddit, who yeah. never played Dark Souls or Bloodborne before, and just found the game more accessible. Okay. Overall. Okay. Um, and I think not having those habits to break would would be a benefit. Okay. Like, if you don't have that muscle memory built in that you need to like dodge and sprint and roll out of the way and stuff like that, that you just kind of like let the game tell you how to play it. Right. And you stop trying to fight it so much. Right. uh, Is going to be huge. Okay. That being said, like Sekiro is great. Personally, I like Bloodborne is not far behind it. Mm -hmm. It's so good. So if you have a PS4, it's super cheap now. Like 
It's like one of the greatest hits titles. So like you can find it for like 20 bucks. It's on sale frequently. Like it's awesome. Prepare to be frustrated by it, but it's so Prepare good. Prepare to be annihilated. Yeah. Um, and then Dark Souls 3. I know there are going to be like there would be people out there that say it's blasphemous recommending Dark Souls 3 over Dark Souls or Dark Souls 2. Or even Demon Souls or whatever. Yeah. I don't know that you could really find I think uh, they're probably think some Demon Soul die yes, hard, yes. diehards, but like I think like by and large, the community tends to agree that Dark Souls One is the pinnacle of that series, and it's it's really good. So if you like, if you happen to like the other games, cool. By all means, go back to it. But I do feel like it is a little clunkier. It's definitely showing its age. It's from like 2008 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like we've made some Tech big evolves. strides quickly yes um and so while there's definitely some elements to it that i love that's not going to be something that i i go out of my way to recommend to somebody who's new to the series okay but dark souls 3 is like a nice blend of the more modern gameplay design okay but like your top recommendation would be sekiro yes try sekiro out if you're like me be really patient and keep trying and you might enjoy it yeah and then if you like that and you want something new, then move on to Bloodborne. And if you like that and want to move on to something new, by that time, probably yeah. Elden Ring have, will have come out. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah. So I think that they're, they're definitely, I mean, like they're a different style of game. I've heard um, Hollow Knight compared to these games. Kind of. Like Dark Souls and the, so the Soulsborne sort of subgenre is similar to things like metroidvania games where like the worlds wind in on each other and like you find a way to like unlock shortcuts to get access to other areas um and that you typically go back and continually fight the same enemies over and over Mm -hmm. uh, throughout these areas so hollow knight is more of the classic metroidvania in that regard Mm -hmm. where like not only are you unlocking different areas it's typically because you've learned a new move or skill or Mm -hmm. something um there are i would say there are a few games there are are very few games that i would say are true peers yeah true peers to the soulsborne series there are games like i think there are lords of the fallen is the first one and then the same company made another one called the surge which is pretty good the combat's good but i kind of falls short in some ways. Mm-hmm. They just don't have the same level of polish as yeah. from software. And then there's like Neo, uh, N-I-O-H, um, which also has a very sort of like Dark Souls, Souls uh, Bloodborne vibe to it. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to think about this from the perspective of someone who isn't you. And like totally. what would be like a gateway to this kind of world. Yeah. Um, and recognizing that like, yeah, they're not they're not going to be Maybe they aren't peers, and so maybe I'm leading people astray here. But um... but there, it's a similar sort of idea. So I would say, like, if you want something that's probably not as brutally challenging and frustrating, mm-hmm. Hollow Knight is a good, and it's also cute. It's super cute. It's like, very, the art like the style, art style, the is just music, very charming. It's a super charming game. Hollow Even Knight, though it's brutal. Yeah, it can be tough at times, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's as relentlessly difficult as like Dark Souls or Bloodborne or, mm-hmm. or Sekiro. Um, 
So Hollow Knight is great. It's basically on every platform you can find. And that's like a side-scrolling game as opposed to like third person. Yeah, it's like a 2D side-scroller, hand-drawn art, like Mm -hmm. very beautiful. Um, Dead Cells is another one that's pretty cool. Um, I like Dead Cells quite a bit. And then there's um, Ori and the Blind Forest, Mm. which is also a Metroidvania. So it's closer to like Hollow Knight. And that one I would say is probably like even easier than Hollow Knight. Yeah. Um, but also it's like very charming. Super beautiful. charming. Beautifully drawn, like hand drawn art again. Uh, very fun. Yeah. Um, just a very lovely game. So it probably won't upset you nearly as much. But if you want a challenge. Yeah. And like, a, yeah, something that will really kind of test your resolve, I guess. Yeah. Um, Sakura is a good one. Yeah. Which is, and it's also pretty. It's also very beautiful. Totally. I think they just have really great art design and direction just by Mm -hmm. and large. It's kind of grotesque. Like, I think all of their stuff is a little bit grotesque and a little bit, like, it gets grungy. Yes. Yeah, there are definitely some, like, abominations. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there are some... And there's there's a lot of blood. And lots of monsters. Yeah. Mud and blood and monsters. Oh, my. grime. Yep. (laughs) Mud and blood and monsters. Oh, my. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I, I think it's like it's again, it's like one of these things where I find it really interesting talking about these different topics and how it kind of continues to reveal that love is not simple. Yeah, um, that it's like this thing that like the first thing that comes to mind when I think about it is frustrating. Yeah. Grueling, challenging, like punishing. A lot of adjectives that I would often put in the category of bad. Yeah. Not love, <laughs> abuse, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that like rewarding, gratifying, endorphinizing, <laughs> you know, um, and thrilling. Yeah. I mean, like, I, and I see all of that for you too. Mm-hmm. Um, cathartic. Is a big one. Yes. Um, And that is just kind of like, yeah, like even the things that can kind of, especially when it comes to activities, the, the activities that you invest in, you in the general sense, can be challenging and punishing, but that does not mean that they do not return on that investment like totally. tenfold yeah. um, and give you like something really beautiful and wonderful and uh, overall joyous. Yeah, I mean, you think about doing something like learning to play guitar or running a marathon, blacksmithing. You know, like mm-hmm. there are so many of these things where it's like you start out and you're going to be fucking awful at it, but when you get that, like when you play your first song on the guitar or you finish your first marathon or you make a a knife or something, mm-hmm. like there's something that you did, like you put in the work, like right. you you get to reap the the sort of like uh, the reward of like the accomplishment there. Sure, it's like any hobby. You know, you get better at it all. Yeah. Uh, and I think that these games just do a really good job of distilling that experience down. Mm-hmm. Um, that, as you said, it was like gameplay total time for your first run of Sekiro was like forty five hours. Yeah, yeah. Right. And th- that's the crazy thing. Like forty five hours the first time through, super frustrating and grueling. And then the second time, like the once I beat that game, I immediately dove back in, and I think I beat it in like less than ten. Mm-hmm. Um, it just 
it's amazing. Right. And I mean, I think that that's like, like you said, it's like distilling that kind of sense of accomplishment down into a very small amount of time. Because I don't think there's anything that you could give 45 hours to and then be like, and now I'm proficient. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know if I'm like, even if I train for 45 hours of running, I don't know if I'm running a marathon. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Probably. I mean, I don't know. I've never run one, but maybe. Maybe 45 hours is like this like magical t- like scale tipping number. Yeah, I don't know. It's always like we always think about like a million hours to mastery or whatever, but Yeah, which is actually apparently something that was 10,000 hours to mastery. Uh, yeah, but I think it's it also something that was kind Made of proven up. false. Yeah. Eh, don't tell my voice teacher that. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me about uh, souls, souls born, born hero, blood souls, blood souls hero. Well, have you played any uh, blood souls games, souls born games, souls born? <laughs> if you've played any souls born games or feel like you've played something that's like in that vein uh, that you want to recommend, uh, tweet at us. Yeah. Let the world know about what you love. Share it with the world through the medium of this podcast uh, network. We're not on a network. <laughs> this through through our Twitter. Okay, that's a really good outro. Bye. Special thanks to Jackson Davis, whose song, Same As You Wanted, is our intro and outro music. Check out his EP, 701, anywhere you listen to music. You can get in touch with us through our website, thismuchlove.com, and via Twitter, at thismuchlove. Our DMs are open. Tell us about something you love. Hi.